Hey, y'all, it's Damon and Kyle. And uh, before we started tonight's episode, we wanted to just drop in real quick and um, just give a couple of resources to help out with the situation in Ukraine. Um, I know that it's really overwhelming right now to just watch the news. And, and I know for a lot of people, myself included, it's very difficult to know where to help and, and how to help. So we figured we would just drop some really easy resources to I don't know, ease that anxiety a little bit. Um, so first we're gonna throw it to our lovely producer, Anna, who has a, a great resource to start with. So hi everyone. Uh, my old manager actually was born in the Ukraine um, and her sister is creating t-shirts and all the profits from those t-shirts are gonna be donated to care.org's Ukraine Crisis Fund and the Voices of Children. So if you like a physical item while helping support the Ukraine crisis right now, that's always an option. We'll be linking to that. Awesome. Thanks, Anna. Um, and yeah, in addition to that, um, I've been looking up some resources um, and I found Caritas Ukraine. Um, they are uh, an organization that was founded in 92. Um, they're connected with Catholic Relief Ser Services. And yeah, they've been doing a lot of good work really recently, but mostly they're focused on um, resettling refugees internally and those who are fleeing outside the border. And they need basically anything right now, food, um, clothing, shelter. Uh, yeah, they're not gonna steal your money. I mean, they're, they're a reputable, reputable uh, resource. Um, so that is one, um, Damon. Yes, uh, Voices of Children. Uh, it's an organization, charitable foundation that helps provide psychological and psycho uh, social support to children affected by the uh, armed conflict. Um, it includes art therapy, video storytelling, uh, providing mobile psychologists and even individual help for the families that are affected. Awesome. Um, yeah, and then another one that I found was UNICEF Ukraine. It's very similar to um, Caritas, but they are kind of like what Damon was saying. They're focused uh, intentionally on children and providing resources, um, a lot of educational resources, and um, yeah, just along that same line, just providing help specifically for children who are in you know stages of turmoil right now um yeah and then i think damon had one more yes uh sunflower peace this this is more like on the ground this is an organization that like is going to help the people directly they're trying to help defend ukraine right now it's a nonprofit organization that's essentially preparing first aid medical tactical backpacks for paramedics and doctors on the front lines so these paramedics and doctors can properly get the the right care and uh you know, help for all the people that are uh, being injured out there. Awesome. Um, yeah. And then I would just also mention to, as I was looking for, you know, resources that we could inform you all of, um, it's even, it's even overwhelming trying to figure out where you can best help. And I would say that there's also just some practical things like, you know, not, not spreading misinformation online. I think that's a big thing right now. You know, that that's kind of a, a flood that's happening is, everyone seems to have something to say um, about what's going on. And I think the best thing right now is to just do your research first and and know where you're putting your help or your money or, you know, spreading information. Um, it's overwhelming for all of us. It's, you know, kind of a crazy time right now. So we, yeah, we just want to make sure that uh, the right things are, are going to the right places. Anna? I'd also like to recommend that everybody see if there's a local Ukrainian cultural center in their area, because if there is one, they'll definitely be able to redirect you on the best places to go. And the one in my area is at least doing their own version of fundraising. 
so you'll be directly impacting people in your own community. Nice, love that. Um, yeah, thanks y'all. We appreciate you. All the links to all that good stuff is going to be in our episode's description. Um, yeah, enjoy the episode. another episode of the planet fantasy podcast and we're your hosts damon and kyle how's it going man it is going how are you my friend i'm doing all right it's been a long long week and i am uh, not ready for this next one like it time just needs to kind of stop <laughs> take a break go for a walk you know you know stretch his legs or something just give us a break please just Correct. stop <laughs> um but yeah, we have some awesome friends of the pod today. We have a whole full house, actually. Uh, this is one of the biggest pods we've done, and I'm super excited because it's a super-sized decade. Um, we got Michael returning. How's it going, man? It's going good. You can find me in the club with a bottle of bub. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing out shots already for maybe a song. Or or it's a it's a fake. It's a misdirect. We, we shall see. Uh, also joining us again, Amber. It's good to see you. How's it going? Hello, my darlings. I am good. So nice to see all your lovely faces. Good, good. Is that bothering you enough this weekend? <laughs> we we already had a little pep talk before recording this episode, so I'm good. I'm ready to go. Okay, he's not lurking around the door, just like <laughs> he's just gonna pop up behind her. Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, not Mariah. Nice. Um, and then joining us for her first pod, friend of the pod, Anna F. How's it going? Good. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for letting me join. Yes, of course. We are very excited to have you. And uh, since this is your first time, you want to just give like a just a really quick spill about you know, maybe your, your fandoms and just a little bit about yourself. Sure. I live in the DMV as you might know from all of our <laughs> trivia night photos. Uh, I love kind of all the fandoms, but I kind of came in through Game of Thrones to binge mode and then uh, loved Harry Potter, so stayed for that, and then loved binge mode, so I stayed for Star Wars and then got super into that. And then, like, just have enjoyed the MCU. Just Getting an all-around fan. Yeah, <laughs> I like all the things. You'll, you'll fit in right just just plenty well right here um but you know I, I think it's time to get down to the to what we're doing here um there is no list game no list game we're just gonna jump right into it what is the draft today kyle yeah we are hitting you with back-to-back -back stewards of sound episodes last week was the 90s we have jumped a decade to the 2000s um drafting six songs each that's 30 songs this time which i'm really excited about because we might not leave out too much um but yeah from the years 2000 to 2009, six songs each. Uh, you know the drill. Um, super artists, covers are good, all that jazz. Uh, like Damon said, no list game because we got a lot of ground to cover. So we have a predetermined draft order that I promise is not cheating. I promise is not cheating. Before I say the first person, <laughs> in order, we have myself, 
we have I cannot guarantee in no Christmas songs. I'm sorry, Anna H. Our producer is already. <laughs> I was gonna positive. say, Anna, don't you know me at all? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, our draft order. We have myself, we have Michael, we have Amber, Anna F, not H, uh, and Damon taking the turn. Turn around. That's right. Turn around. <laughs> Every time. All right. Uh, any any thoughts before we jump in? Are we are we ready for this giant draft? Just that I feel so much older now than before when I started prepping this list. So thanks for that, guys. <laughs> same. Hard same, Amber. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that was the plan all along. Uh, okay. I guess we should just jump right in. See, I, I already hate this because I hate being the number one pick. Um, okay. I'm going to go with one that... I said this last week with the 90s. I feel like the 90s is the last decade where I have like relatively mainstream picks. Um, and I have like some mainstream songs in here. None of these are like obscure songs, but there's only one song on here that I, I feel has any chance of being stolen. Um, and so I'm going to I'm going to start off with Empire State of Mind. Um, Jay-Z, Alicia Keys, you know, October 09. Just to fucking banger <laughs> like there's really no there's really you've heard the song everyone has, has heard this song and if you haven't like why are you listening to this podcast um <laughs> go listen to the song instead uh yeah i you know i spent a lot of time a lot of my life just being completely unaware of both jay-z and alicia keys for some reason i just lived under a rock and did not listen to a lot of music. Um, and I can vividly remember, like I have this core memory being in the back of my car and hearing Empire State of Mind for the first time. And like my, my eyes just like darting open from like falling asleep in the back. I think we were like road tripping somewhere. Um, yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like this song, I feel like for a lot of people that they have known it forever but i feel like it was something that i just came to so late and i was like well now i just can't say anything about it because anything i say you know people have said for years um but yeah it's just it's just such a such an iconic collaboration um i think that jay-z has kind of like broken the mold there with all of his collabs but i think he's never topped uh the stuff he's done with alicia keys so had to kick it off with uh, empire state of mind I love it. Michael, are you a fan of this song? It's it's uh it's phenomenal. It's uh probably the second or third best song off of that that um that album. Jay-Z's first number one hit, believe it or not, um for all the time that he had wow. been it, it was one of those things that, like I, I didn't believe it um until you like, had to go back and look it up. Um, you know, both people that had, had remarkable careers uh prior to that. And it it just it you know the Yankee had more famous than the Yankee game. I mean, like that's just it's it's full of of very specific things that feel um very, very applicable to everyone, which is exactly what visiting New York is like. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Amber, are you a fan of this song? I am a fan of this song. I'm a fan of Alicia Keys in general. I love her. She, spoiler alert, may or may not be on uh, my giant list of songs that I have left <laughs> and ready to go. Her name may appear a couple of times. So, yeah, no, this is a really good um, 
way to kick us off, I think. And I think just the vibe in general too, just that whole collaboration and artists coming together and working together who we had never heard together before. Um, I think that happened a lot in this decade as well and just sort of people partnering up in new and fresh ways. Um, so it's a, it's really fun. Oh yeah. Anna, how do you feel about this song? I love this song. It was a soundtrack to some of my visits to New York City, so I have very fond memories of it and agree with Amber that it's indicative of like so many amazing collabs of this just decade. I dig it. As someone who has never been to New York in their entire life, I the most north I've ever been, I believe, is St. Louis. So so not very, very far. New York feels like a almost mythical fictional place because <laughs> I've seen it almost more times than anything in TV, movies, songs. It's it's just it's so much. It's like Atlantis at this point. Um, and this song is like one of my favorite New York things. Um, the piano is just give me a good piano and I'm sold. OK. Yeah. And that that beat. Dun, dun, dun. Alicia yeah. Keys is maybe one of my favorite vocalists of the last 20, 22 years. And just this combination just works so well. And I'm mad I didn't have it on my list for some reason. I It just completely, it's one of those songs that completely slipped my mind. And as soon as you said it, I was like, of course, of course, this song had to be drafted. So this, I feel like that's going to happen every single pick this decade. There's so <laughs> much. That song. So many. Yeah. And, th and this is kind of the last decade of music that kind of, there, there, were, there were big crossover hits from so many different genres, from so many artists. There were these, you know, these great mashups. Um, but yeah, this is this is a uh, this is a really cool one to start to start off with. I, I definitely think this is worthy of that first overall pick. Uh, let's see if we can uh, keep it going with some great songs. Michael, we are up to you. What you got for us? Sure. Um, so for my first pick, I'm going to build a time machine and go back to the 1990s draft and ask why none of you um, drafted back that ass up. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Which is probably like the most recognizable first second of a song. It's ever. inexcusable. It's yeah, an, it's okay. You guys, it's okay. I'm um, from Louisiana. No, I, I should have. I, I was gonna, I, I, like, like like five Our Fathers, four Hail Marys, six Yermes, and um yeah, we're we'll we'll make up for that. Um no, I so as I approach this draft, um like the enormous super nerd that does fantasy football drafts and figures out which member of the Seattle defense is a barbarian and which one is a fighter and which one is a rogue. Um, I had these themes for what I thought music in the 2000s did. Um, you're trying to tell the story and kind of encapsulate what happened. And there's absolutely no way you can talk about that um, without Kanye West. And the most important song uh, from there's just there's kind of two, and I was really really torn, and I really beat myself up, and, and I I talked to a bunch of my friends about this, um, but the most important song and, and the one that that I think really set the tone for what was going to happen to um, to hip hop and to kind of how hip hop would change and mold is Jesus Walks. Um, yeah. It is absolutely not my favorite Kanye West song. It is nowhere near the best Kanye West song, but it's the most important Kanye West song. Um, he would he's uh, you know, I'm someone who's prone to hyperbole. He's one of the five uh, most important musicians of the 20th century. And you don't get there by being like everyone else. You get there by being um, a one of one, an iconoclast. Um, 
But you don't get to do that unless you can take something that's undeniably you, something that's not of the moment, and you get your kind. Of, you can you kind of have to win your first division title, you know, before you can start winning your multiple Super Bowls. Um, and, and there are better songs that would come. Um, they're stronger. Um, the most important song of this decade is probably Heartless, because without Heartless, you get no Drake, you get no Travis Scott, you get no Kid Cudi. Um, but this is the one that gets him his first division championship. This is when, like, I cannot believe there's military drums and someone talking about um, about religion on a hip-hop song that was blaring out of every car in 2004, 2005, 2006. Um, so this is – and there's a lot of songs that I want to talk about, and I can't wait to get to them. Um, I am – I am dreading all the songs that are going to come off the board next, but I I, I had to start with um, with the division championship from the most important person in this decade of music. I'm, I'm going to take that and run with it. I, I'm loving the uh, football, the the sports uh, parallels, because like you said, this is this was his starting step. This was really what got him on the stage and paved the way. It got everyone noticed noticing him. It's it a uh, it essentially got him over the hump and got everyone to be like, oh, wow, look, you know, the the hero, the legends being made and and everyone began to notice and and ready for what he did next. And this is this. I mean, this song did that for him. It was it was everywhere when it first came out. And you you heard about the stories later on with, you know, his jaw being broken and wired shut and all of that and how he sang the song with that, with the with his, the wires and everything. Just it's just, just so great. I don't know. I, I love this song. Uh Anna, are you a fan? I love this song. This has been on my running mix forever. I can sing every word to it. It's not on, I like Kanye is for sure on my spreadsheet, but I picked ones that I loved better, but I think Michael's right. I think this was, this was the beginning of like his just blow up and it was incredible and everything after it was also incredible but uh love it love this song amber what do you think about uh, jesus walks yeah no i'm a big fan of this one too i came uh to this song late i was not this cool in the early what was it 2004 not that cool in 2004 i was being into uh, drama club at the time so this was not quite our vibe <laughs> but no it's a excellent excellent pick yeah not at all surprised that it's gone in the first first round Kyle how do you feel about Jesus Walks I love it I um I'm kind of along the same lines as and I have maybe three Kanye songs that I I would have picked first only I mean sheer off of sheer like subjective enjoyment but I, I feel like if we're talking you know the quote-unquote correct Kanye song to go first it's it's really only one choice and it's Jesus Walks so I had six different ones written down and there were, <laughs> I, I wrote down six different Kanye songs before I got to this one and the thing that I really came back to is um I'm one of like the nine people that saw Dave Chappelle's Block Party um in mm. theaters wow. this is the song he performs as he opens for Dead Prez and The Roots and Erica Badu with a full marching band in Brooklyn. Like this, yeah. you got to remember, like yeah. this was the one when he was the upstart, when he was like the dude that they were like, all right, we'll let Kanye, we'll let Kanye open for The Roots and Talib Kweli, right? Like, and Jill Scott. This is the one he in uh in in the rain came out with a full marching band too. This is this is him calling his shot. Um, 
and and it's it's just it's 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 definitely not my favorite. There were there are many others that I that I like more. And his masterpiece is not in this decade. My beautiful True dark twisted story. fantasy came out yes. came out in two thousand ten. So that like the, yeah, <laughs> but but this is uh this is this is the alpha. This is very relevant too. I mean, Kanye has been relevant essentially since this song. He's still making headlines and i mean of course the uh, documentary that he has right now i wish genius. you could have seen the eye roll that he said that we both shared when it was headlines he's making headlines I don't headlines know. is the word <laughs> what else he's making right now um yeah i mean donda two you know just released um I, we all have complex feelings about yay as he is now legally named mm. but kanye west in the 2000s was one of my favorite artists just his music yeah. was on another level so i i would I would not be surprised if we see three, four more Kanye songs on this on uh, someone's board. So this is a great first pick for you, though, man. Uh, starting strong, starting strong. Mm-hmm. We ready for Amber's first pick? Are you ready? Ooh, this is quite the act to follow, but I will do my best. <laughs> <laughs> so I mentioned Kanye was not my vibe back in that that particular time. This was like high school Amber back in the day. Drama Club was very, very important to me. High school theater, very important to me. Very dramatic, lots of eyeliner. So I naturally have to go with my girl, Amy Winehouse and Rehab for my first pick. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I just, I, I love everything that Amy Winehouse ever did. And if we talk too, too much about how things ended with her, we'll have Amber tears already when we're only like 10 minutes into the pod. So I won't get into that side of things, but I love this song. It's just the, the rhythm and the melodies and the way her voice just weaves in and out of everything with so much attitude at the same time. I just, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Such a good pick. Anna, do you like Rehab? I love this song. I love the sass. I agree with everything Amber just said. I love her vocals. I love singing along to it. Um, It's just so sad that we did not get more from Amy Winehouse because she was a treasure. Too true. Kyle, are you a fan? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where... I had the same issue, not issue, it's not an issue, but it's the same thing with uh, the 90s draft when um, when Thad drafted Biggie. It's just like, I fucking love this song. And then I'm just like, man, there's so much we could have gotten, you know, so much more. Um, and again, I don't, I don't want to harp on either, Amber, because I'm with you. I'd, I'll get to, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just too it's much too to, much. to, to know, feel and I think know. about. Um, but yeah, this is just such a great song. Um, talk about vocal powerhouses. I mean, Damon, you mentioned Alicia Keys. I would put Amy right up there as well. I mean, I think she has such a signature, immediately recognizable voice. I mean, no one can mistake that for anyone but but Amy. So it's a great pick. Very true. And of course, I mean, we've done this is the the two thousands now. We we started in the sixties, or did we do fifties? Fifties. Yeah, we started yeah. in the fifties, and like we've talked about all the different types of music, and now of course we're in the decade that like is super reliant on retro and sampling and oh, so back. Yep. we're just seeing the music that we're, we've <laughs> talked about yeah right exactly full circle and this song just has yeah. such a great vibe to it that brings me back to those older decades and her voice really fits it perfectly like i, I just wanted to yeah just hear her do more but that's all uh michael are you a fan 
I heard tears dry on their own in a coffee shop like five months ago and had to like excuse myself. <laughs> I Amy Winehouse is like a top five personal fit, like like behind Erica Badu and like maybe one other person, you know, like you know, for like a modern vocalist. Um, she's such a one of one. There was there was no one like her. Um, and she could be funny, she could be sexy, she could be sarcastic she could castigate the, the people that weren't treating her right in her life and and beg for their forgiveness in the same so I, I i i'm so happy that she ended up here i'm so happy because she's she, there's like three songs on my big board amber so i'm i'm glad she this is kind of the right yeah like jay-z and alicia keys kanye like yeah this is kind of like the right order if we're telling the story of the decade so i'm very i'm very pleased all right Amy Winehouse Rehab, third pick in the draft. And before we get to Anna's first ever pick in a draft, we're going to go to a quick break. Planet Fantasy is brought to you by all of you beautiful, lovely people. And we want to do something special for y'all. So, if you give us a review or a rating on any of the streaming apps, I'm talking Overcast, Spotify, Apple, any of them, we'll put you into a drawing and... Whoever wins gets to curate their very own Planet Fantasy episode. That's right. You get to be the host. You're crafting the draft idea, everything. So just hit us up with those reviews, ratings, and uh, we'll see you on episode 101. Is the suspense built enough yet? Are y'all ready? Here she is. Anna, it's your first pick. Who you got for us? Okay, so I feel bad about starting out so late in the decade, but I'm really afraid that this could get stolen, and this is my girl, so I can't let that happen, but I'm going to go with Cosmic Love by Florence and the Machine. Um, She is just a powerhouse of a musician, and this might not be her most famous song but it's my favorite song and so it has like the most personal meaning for me so I'm gonna go with Cosmic Love but I just love Florence because it's she's so macabre and like her lyrics are just incredible (laughs) like she's she talks about death and she talks about heartache and she talks about depression and I that's what I'm here for. Like I'm, I'm a sad person. <laughs> so I love it. Um, and I think she's just the culmination of just like so many amazing female vocalists that came before her. And, but she's just indicative of like some of the amazing female vocalists that we got at the end of this decade, but she's just one of my favorites. And so I got to go with Florence and the Machine, Cosmic Love. You're amazing. Thank you so much for drafting this song. I, I I love Florence the Machine, especially like her first like two albums. Um, just some great work. This song is so fun. It's so epic. Uh, you know, I had to stop myself from saying cosmic, but um, <laughs> Florence is a uh, her voice is so ethereal to me. It, it it's so powerful, and and vulnerable at the same time. Uh, like you said, her songs are all very emotional, dealing with a lot of different stuff. She's gone through a lot of stuff in her life, and she just rips that right from it, puts it on the page, and bears all. 
Um, she's one of my favorite live performers ever. Um, mm-hmm. She holds, I think, two of my top five live performances ever. Saw her, saw her on a beach back in 2016. Saw her at Red Rocks in a blizzard in 2019. Oh, that's, that's incredible. I'm so jealous. Red Rocks? Wow. Oh my God. Yeah, humble brag. <laughs> what, a, what a flex well from the deserved. podcast host. Well done. Um, I had to. That, that's like one of my favorite things to say because like the fact that I experienced her like the two extremes, like super hot on a beach and then in a blizzard, like in both times, she's just like a fairy. She's just like this mystical like force and she just radiates positivity and just this energy that just makes you just in awe of her. Just, I, I love her so much. I, the entire band's great. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael, are you a fan? It's it's the kind of... You're a fan of Florence and the Machine without knowing anything about her, about them. It's... She, she's so... Her voice is so distinctive. And it brings so much out of you, no matter what you're in the mood for, that... Um, it's it, and honestly, like the sequencing of this, like Empire Jesus Walks Rehab, this you're like this is, man, this this is gonna be a lot of feels whenever this this uh, <laughs> this one hits Spotify. This is this is phenomenal, and this couldn't this is like the right pick to come off the board because you're right, like this one, this is on my list. Listen, this is okay, this is on my list. All right, so yeah, like this is well done, Anna. This is a this is a phenomenal. This is a very you first first pick for the pod too. Amber, what do you think of Florence and the Machine and Cosmic? Oh, Horror? I I love it. I love this pick. I think you you put it in such a good way. The thing that I love about her, it's like you said, it's the thing that she sings about all of this really dark, twisted, heavy stuff, and looks like a gorgeous, sparkling little fairy while she does it. <laughs> like it's just she takes all this deep, heavy stuff and makes it so accessible and so palatable for you and if you're like me and you express all of your feelings pouring out through your eyeballs then it's perfect because sometimes you just need to cry it out you know and Florence is great for that yes she is Kyle I know you're a fan absolutely I mean come on there's a brand I've got to uphold um she (laughs) yeah she she is just I I have uh like a handful of living but also dead artists that I would just love to sit with and like talk not even like talk about their songwriting process but just like get to know them as a human being and I feel like Florence is pretty high up on that list um I don't know like Damon you mentioned like she's been through so much and I feel like that that's you know it's the sad truth that a lot of our favorite artists that is how we get so much great art is suffering and I I I don't know I just I would love to pick her brain and I don't know just just get some insight on like how she goes about creating these masterpieces because like yeah this is this is also probably my favorite of hers i mean this is this is just yeah i mean this is one of those things where i i love doing these decade drafts because it's our way of kind of prefacing maybe what might come next because i feel like next decade might be a pretty florence heavy draft like that's that's really her decade you know so i love that this is kind of if anyone is out there who hasn't heard this song or florence at all this is a way to get them acquainted with her before you know next month and we talk probably like six of her songs <laughs> so yeah it's a great call i will say lungs her 2009 album which this is on in ceremonials the 2011 album are no skips for me so both of them just so good all around 
so happy you did this, Anna. You're you're back coming back. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but I guess that means now we're to my first pick. Um, I'm just gonna keep the fun, emotional, or should I say, emo uh, side of things rolling around. Um, my first pick is is from one of my absolute favorite bands. Um, one that really just kind of hit me at a very very pivotal pivotal time in life. I was a freshman in high school, just like feeling like you do as a freshman in high school. Yeah, um, that's all you need to say is I was a freshman and we're all nodding along. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly, that's what I mean. Um, and then just this random music video I see on uh, MTV when you know it actually showed music videos. Um, just this weird dude with with yes <laughs> with uh antlers on his head and it's just like what 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 is what is this and the song was just so different and like this band is just like has this really unique energy and i wasn't really sure what i thought about them but uh it was enough to for me to buy their uh their album it wasn't their debut album of course but it was uh my favorite album of all time from under the court tree and uh that is definitely my no scale album just my number one and the song that, of course, introduced me to them is Sugar, We're Going Down Swinging. Fall Out Boy. It's got to be my number one. It is not my favorite Fall Out Boy song, but it is what, like I said, it's what introduced me to them. It it opened the door for me to, you know, meet Pete and Pat and and just these lyrical geniuses and just the music spoke to me. And uh, the song, like, I can belt out the lyrics with my, like, I could be like half asleep like alcohol poisoning and I could just know every single word because the song is just etched into my brain so that this had to be my first pick so there it is Anna do you like a fallout boy I'll have to say this is the the decade where I was I went to college in 2000 and so I kind of just stopped listening to like the radio so a lot of things that were popular or just like I don't know things that I might have heard just on the radio I didn't hear a lot and so I don't even know if I've ever heard (laughs) I don't feel bad about it but (laughs) it's just that's true so no that's fair we all have our own you know you know different feelings and and tastes and if you haven't heard it you haven't heard it it is I definitely recommend it once we put the playlist together Amber are you a fan as soon as you said the title of the song, it's now it's playing in my head. And it's like, <laughs> that's all I can hear. So thank you for that, Earworm, which I'm sure won't go away until we get to our next pick, which <laughs> will be you again, I guess. But yeah, oh, I, I love um, this this whole sound. I don't know. It's like, it's like early pop punk, a mashup of like, I don't even know what you would call it, but like all of like these guys and Mariana's Trench and that whole sort of vibe, very into it for sure. I just call it emo. It's just yeah, very yeah, emotional pop. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, are you are you a fan of Sugar? We're going down swinging. I am. I um, you know, sometimes TikTok is a stupid place to waste time for three hours, and sometimes you get Bite like your tongue. <laughs> that, was, that was a good thing. That was a positive thing about TikTok. Uh, and sometimes it's a place that like, like recontextualizes uh, pop punk songs in like a gay lens. And like, I fucking love the TikToks that do that with this song. 
because it, it gets pretty obvious after you watch a couple of them. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I love this song. I, I go like wildly back and forth on Fallout Boy in general. Um, I never really had like a Fallout Boy phase uh, or like really just like a emo music phase. I had a couple bands that I were like I was like into a couple of their songs, but otherwise it just I think it just kind of missed me. Um, but Sugar We're Going Down Swinging was not like a part of that. That was always a song that I just vibed with. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a great song. The the emo wave just was a perfect storm for my age. Like just. 2005 to 2009 was like the, the golden days of emo and that was my high school career right there so it's just it speaks to me michael are, are you a fan of this song um I, you know what i am and you know um like anna I'm, I'm one of the elder statesmen on this pod i went to college in 03 um but i just this is kind of first off this is the analog to the jesus walks pick Right, this isn't Fallout Boy's best song, but this is kind of the right one to represent this decade and kind of the early like emergence of this. And then they got like you know emo, you know rock got a lot of the same shit that like emo hip hop got when it first came out, where it was what are they doing? You know all the you know for hip hop it was all the New Yorkers and, and their Pelly Pellys and their Tims were, were wondering why these dudes were talking about their feelings, and but that's where we all ended up. Yeah. Um, and it was again; these guys had the musical chops. I mean, his, his voice is f- is phenomenal. He could have succeeded in any decade in any band, and this is the one that he was born into. And the talent won out. Uh, and you're right; this probably isn't their best song, but this is the one that really kind of hits that that oh four oh five that kind of like soft, gentle kind of emergence of something that was that was. I think was going to really capture what a lot of people were feeling in the same way that like Kid Cudi would in the same way that, um, that Drake would in the same way, um, you, you know, that maybe J Cole would. Um, so I think it's a phenomenal pick. And again, I mean, you guys, you, y'all are taking stuff off my white people board right now. I'm not, I'm not liking, I'm not liking this. We're white people, Michael. I'm not liking this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that kills me. I, I, I like that you said Drake because um, I, when I saw Fall Out Boy in 2013, they played a cover of a uh, Sugar. I mean, a uh, Hold On, We're Coming Home, mm-hmm. and, it was, and probably and probably killed it. And it, it's the yeah. it's the ki- exact kind of thing. Yeah, no, this is this is perfect. Oh, oh man. Well, thank y'all for letting me have Fall Out Boy. Um, it also just I love their whole thing with their songs being superly overly long in the title. Yes. It's just <laughs> with, and there's always something in brackets too, right? It's like yeah. there's the title and then parentheses and something else. Yeah. Yeah, they're all like like Harry Potter one shots that like we didn't get. You know, like, uh, <laughs> Fallout Boy and the left-handed girl that broke my heart and 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 t- slashed my tires. I don't whatever. Yes. That just sounds like a country song. <laughs> oh, okay, y'all. So that's my first pick. That that's the most truest to who I am. This is the most now, dangerous moment in the podcast when Damon on the turn. This is on the turn. This is where I make myself. This is not good because because I could either go with another pick that's like definitely my vibe and it was really important, or another song that also I loved growing up and it's it's very culturally like important. Mm, I don't. You know what? I I gotta go with with this pick. Okay, this is one of my favorite hip hop groups ever. Okay, they are just that southern sound. They are so unique. 
And when they when I first heard this song, it's just like, oh, wow, what is this? You just hear like. I just got to say, Outcast was just phenomenal and everything they did. And they just I wish we could have gotten more. But when I first heard Miss Jackson, I was just like. Just gobsmacked, okay? Like, I don't know. This song was so good even then. And even now, it's just, it holds up. That that beat, that in Andre 3000, I think his, his lyrics are just on another world. Big Boy so fun. I, I love this song. I think this is maybe not as big of a song as some of their other hits in the 2000s. But I think this is my favorite. And I would... I would regret not getting it. So I had to go with Miss Jackson. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Um, <laughs> Kyle, are you a fan? Uh, yes, I definitely expected a different outcast song. Um, and I re- actually like that we're doing that. That's the theme now is like, this is not their best song, but it's the one I want. So fuck it. Um, that's, <laughs> I'm kind of all for that. Uh, yeah. Outcast is, is the shit, man. I mean, I, I, I this is another one I came to really late and I like, I, I just wish that I had spent more of my life listening to, to outcast because it, I mean, a lot of their songs are just fucking, you're right. You just kind of sit there gobsmacked at like, what are you listening to? But it's, it's good. You know, it's good. You're just like, I don't know what I'm hearing right now. Um, but yeah, it's a great pick. Michael, are you a fan? Um, again, like had to cross something off my list. I'm not very happy with you. Um, <laughs> That's why I picked it. I was worried. What's wonderful growing up in California. This is the first outcast song I ever remember hearing and being like, this is outcast. I mean, this was like, people were singing this on the JV and varsity football bus with everybody's mom's name. Um, and then you, okay. I don't, yeah. Okay, cool. And then like, it's so, it's so unique. It's such, it's Southern hip hop, but it also sounds like a blues record. It, it also sounds like a, like a hymn that, that's been sung since the dawn of time. Um, it's it's extremely poignant and disrespectful all all at once, um, you know. Which again, like, which says something about the culture, and which says something about how you know divorces are treated and everything else. Um, but this is phenomenal. This was the song that got me to then go back through Outkast's catalog. Um, so it's it's it, it's it's good and it's gonna be good forever. Ever, ever, ever. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it's got so many good lines. Okay, so many good lines. Amber, are you a fan? Oh, I am such a fan. I do not have anything uh, articulate or intelligent to say about how this reflected at the culture at the time, but it's just for me. This is more just like a very strong sense memory of how this song affected me at the time. I went to a very tiny, tiny high school. Um, my graduating class had only 30 people in it. And so most of us had known each other for a very, very long time. And there was one of my favorite people in the entire world in that class, Hart Jackson was his name. And Mr. Jackson also taught us math as well. (laughs) We got a lot of mileage out of that song back in the day. And it was, yeah, it was just a very special time for a lot of us. I'm glad you said that. We we had a counselor named Miss Jackson, so we we definitely wore uh, that song out singing yeah. to her all the time. Uh, Anna, are you a fan? I fucking love this song. Like this was on my spreadsheet 
I'm glad you picked it because I don't know that I have room to pick it, but like it needed to be on a board. And I um, disagree with Kyle. Like this was like the most iconic outcast song. Like being in college in the 2000s, this was on and everybody, I went to like the whitest, most conservative college that you can think of. And this song made it there. Like, so it was just, it transcended all of the things. And it was just, yeah, it was everywhere. And it was so fun to sing. And it was just, it was iconic. Like, I can't even tell you. And if anything, it, it set the stage for what they did next, where they really became crossover artists with their next hits. Um, and I, I couldn't remember what it was, but I mean, it's the it's the wedding march. That's the half of the it's like turned it's mm-hmm. inversed or something so mm-hmm. it's so I, I love that beat yep it's um, and like literally every outcast song is like five things like it's like oh yeah they took yeah. the wedding march and inverted and but this is what again this is the one that really but kind of blew up mainstream before yes. their other mainstream stuff and so you got to like kind of get yourself familiar with outcast before mm-hmm. you know before like the the, the supernova that was going to happen mm-hmm they were everywhere. I, I I need more outcasts still to this day. Um, but that is my second pick, and that means we are back around to Anna for her next one. What you got for us? Okay, so one of the things about the 2000s was just how the internet kind of democratized music, and so we got all of this amazing independent music. So when I said I stopped listening to the radio, it's because there were just so many other amazing ways to listen to music. And um, for me, like one of my gateways into some of that independent music was Bright Eyes. Um, They were just, Connor Oberst is just, He's a genius. I love him. Um, but Landlocked Blues from I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning in 2005. It's kind of like mid-career for them, I guess. But I love this song. I love this album. I love that he like partnered with Emmy Lou Harris on it. But he also just um, helped start Saddle Creek Records, which it was just produced some of the most amazing independent music of the 2000s. And so... It, to me, like Bright Eyes is just iconic and indicative of this decade. Very true. Amber, are are you a fan of this song? I am. Yeah. No, this is a really. I like that we're sort of getting, we're we're going beyond sort of radio and and what was getting a lot of like public airtime to sort of get into. Because you're right, that was such an important part of of this decade and this part of time was getting to find music that you normally wouldn't be able to find and then you sort of fall down that rabbit hole right you listen to one thing and then that leads you to something else and that leads you to something mm-hmm. else so I'm super pumped that we're sort of heading in that direction with this draft yes Kyle are you a fan I'm sorry my audio is cutting out a bit I heard bright eyes I did not hear the actual song oh landlocked blues fuck okay I was worried it was the one bright eyes song that I had uh of course it was, Anna. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, yeah, I, I love, I love Bright Eyes. I fuck. I've been listening to Bright Eyes basically all day. Um, just one of those days. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I think that 
it's it's difficult. You know, Amber said at the top of the podcast, this is making her feel old. This is making me feel incredibly young because it's a lot, a lot of this is like, yeah, I love this song. Can't associate any memories to it, but I love it. You know, like it's like I don't, I didn't grow up with a lot of this stuff. It was stuff that I just kind of came to. Um, and obviously, Bright Eyes was something that I came to a lot later. Um, but, you know, it was one of those things where I <laughs> was starting to become self-aware of my music taste. And I was like, yeah, I just like really fucking sad music. And then Bright Eyes just happened all of a sudden. I was like, wow, this is like my thing. I fucking love this band. Um, yeah. And I'm still discovering Bright Eyes. Like I'm still like kind of finding a lot of their stuff that I've never heard before. And it's, I mean, they could quickly rise up to like one of my favorites. So this is, I'm mad that it's the one that I had on my short list, but I'm, I'm very happy they're getting representation on the podcast. Amber, are you a fan? Yeah, no, I, I am a big fan of this song and much like Kyle, my fellow puff, I'm a big, big fan of songs that make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) that Make my feelings come out of my eyes. So yeah, pumped about this pick. Um, Michael, are you a fan of Bright Eyes? So this is, you're going to have to find a different thing to ask. Like, <laughs> yeah, are, are, am I fans. a fan yes. of, you need to find a different <laughs> phrase. I, so like, I'm admittedly like, this is not in like my wheelhouse. I'm familiar with Bright Eyes. I can't place this song right now. I am certain I'm going to be like a ball of tissues and duct tape whenever I listen to this on, you know, on the Spotify playlist. Um, So it's, and you know what, like, Anna, this is perfect because this is exactly kind of like what the decade does, right? There's these big, there's, it's, this is like the last of the, it's not, it's not the last, right? Drake is kind of the last, absolute last, like major person that can go platinum off of streaming, right? But you, you do get the genre micro uh, dissecting into these little um, genres and these things that you can find and just, just love for yourself. And I, I love that you went with something like this here. I love that. I love that for you. And I love that for kind of the story of the podcast, too. Same, same. Um, sad music is a is a staple here at Planet Fantasy. Uh, <laughs> all sad music. Um, I have to say, I am also a puff. And I just can only do so much sad music, y'all. Um, and I guess Bright Eyes was just one band that I maybe... I just never stumbled upon early in life enough to where I definitely know of Bright Eyes. I've heard their music um, and I enjoy it. It's just one I, I've never really gone to and picked up, decided I want to listen to some Bright Eyes right now. They they are really sad, um, but some beautiful music. Uh, They're this angry, is too. They're also angry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I want to hear the angry ones as well. Um, this is one I hadn't heard yet, um, but it sounds great. I mean, the the music is beautiful. But yeah, I this is the first one that I have not actually heard of, and I hope that's this is the only one. But if you re- give me some more new music to listen to, I'm always down for it. Um, Broad Eyes is is still around making music right now, right? Yeah, they just got back together yeah. last last year, I think. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, so yeah. we'll be getting more. All right, any any more thoughts on Landlock Blues before we move on? Just no? listen right. to it. Listen to the playlist and get to this song. You're gonna, it's gonna come right after fucking, you know, like Jesus walks, and you're gonna, you're not gonna be ready for it. <laughs> All right, so that means we are back around to Amber for her second pick. She gave us rehab from Amy Winehouse last time. What are you gonna pair with that? I am. Well, I think, I think as as we go through this list, um, you're gonna see a bit of a, a through line 
in some of my picks. And I'm sorry, you guys can start finding me for how many times I say like this one time in drama club. <laughs> but the thing that I love so much about uh, this song is not um, the song itself, but it's with uh, what somebody has done with the song more recently on a little TV show called Lip Sync Battle. Maybe you've heard of it. I'm huh. talking specifically about Tom Holland when he <laughs> covers Umbrella <laughs> by Rihanna. So that is my pick. And not gonna lie, the only reason I pick it is because I love that performance so much. Tom is trying so hard <laughs> throughout that whole thing. And I just, the fact that he is going for it so hard while Rihanna's vocals are she's literally just like I could care less I do not care about the people that I'm singing about at all and Tom is just like I am doing this as he's like flipping around in the pouring rain I love it I love it so so much so Umbrella by Rihanna is my next pick for all of the theater kids out there including Tom Holland and myself <laughs> Michael. Are you a fan of Umbrella? I would I would respectfully like to ask you, because this song was for everyone. This was for the theater yeah. kids. This was for the strippers. This was for <laughs> this was for everyone. You know what? And so, so like I consulted a like I, I put together my big board and then consulted a bunch of different lists. And you know what the crazy thing about this song is? It's about fidelity. <laughs> it's about loving someone and being faithful to them yeah it's a bit now now the irony of that is that jay-z's on this song and and we all know what would happen <laughs> in 2010 with that shit but this is a song about somebody i mean this is like this is the stand by your man of, of the 2000s by a woman who would become so famous she wouldn't need to make music anymore this is a it's phenomenal pick anything. She needs nothing. And this is, so I think this is great because this is kind of like a mid-career Rihanna, right? This isn't Ponder Replay yeah, Rihanna, yeah. Yeah. right? And this isn't late-career Rihanna because late-career Rihanna got like a little freaky and, you know, might, you know, she might choke you while something was going on. This is Rihanna at her pop princess peak. And I, I could not be more happy that this made it where it made it. And I mean, like, listen, you're, I'm, I'm very, very frightened for what's on the rest of your board. You coming in with Rihanna, with Rehab and Umbrella? I'm have to, I'm have to step the game up more than a little bit over here. You know, I like that you said this is mid Rihanna. This is like, this was after she made her debut. You know, Ponder mm -hmm. Replay hit the scene. This was when she, I think, was really starting to do more with her, uh, finding what kind of music she really wanted to make. This was one of her more I mean, she was always making dance music. Ponder Replay was was definitely a dance song. This was a little bit more on the uh, electronic side. And this was just everywhere, like Michael said. It's, it was a crossover hit. And I think this was honestly the song that kind of made Rihanna who she was. Like, the song that really put her out there. Ponder Replay got people knowing about her. But this was, like, I think her first mega hit. And then we rolled right into, like, Disturbia. And then she decided to hit her, like mega dance edm uh songs and just blew shut, up which before shut up and drive this is before uh mm -hmm. yeah there's a whole there's so much that we can't even like remember going back to it but yeah this is 
yeah, this is this is a, this is a perfect encapsulation of what this decade felt like, kind of right smack dab in the middle. And it's so catchy, the Ella Ella A A A. Oh, I love Rihanna. I adore her. Uh, Kyle, are you a fan? I I am, but I really, I just. I'm going to go ahead and let our, our lovely producer just kind of take the, because I saw like you lit the Anna H beacon as soon as you said this song. Uh, fun fact this week, the H in Anna H is for Holland. Um, no, I, I know Anna loves Tom Holland performing that song and it made me happy. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a fucking, it's a bop. It's, it's a banger. It's a, it's all of the things. And now I, I'm just, thanks a lot, Amber. Cause like, I'm so distracted because all I can picture right now is Tom Holland dancing. Tom Holland <laughs> I know he, he wears it so well. The leather, yeah. the leather corset. Yeah. It's a great look for him. Absolutely. Yeah. Great song. Yes. Anna, are you a fan? Oh my God. Um, this was on my board, so I should be really angry right yeah. now, but I'm just so excited because Amber, like, said all of the things that I wanted to say about this song like I was even literally telling Kyle yesterday that I when this song came out my friends used to sing it at me because it would just annoy me and because I was a super (laughs) music snob but like later on I've grown to love Rihanna so much and then just have loved this song and but then after the Tom Holland video I was just like obviously this song like this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life so this I had a lot of I had a few Jay-Z compilation songs on my board and I went with this one because of the Tom Holland video. But it frees me up to pick another one, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jay-Z making up for not really being on our nineties board, two songs already. Yeah, uh, strong so anymore. Um and we're back to Michael. What you got for us? What are you pairing with Jesus Walks? Yeah, speaking of uh, of, of uh, pop princesses at the peak of their powers, which is uh, that's the alliteration. Say uh, that five times. Go ahead, go ahead, yeah, go ahead and mark that square <laughs> off on your alliteration board. Um, no, I, I, you know what, I, I had to consider a lot of stuff like this, and this is kind of in my. It, it's interesting because this is kind of in my same um, category as what what Umbrella was in, um, and what I'm gonna have to go with right now is toxic by britney spears oh my no god. Um, oh my god so listen um i uh i graduated high school in 2002 which was like the peak of like it's monday we only have half of football practice run home as fast as you can and catch trl Right, you're trying to catch like the last little bit of TRL, and this was the kind of the tail end of that that era of get. But get home and get to the toxic video. Britney Spears, the blue flight attendant outfit. She's taking dudes' faces off. She's still in a secret formula. Um, Tyson Beckford on the motorcycle. I mean, she was the first Black Widow. Like, if you go go back and watch the video right now and tell me that like she's not Black Widow, she got the dropper of the uh, of the the poison into the dude's mouth, um, and then she lands back on the plane and w- that little like coquettish wink. Mm-hmm. This was the last time we saw Britney Spears. After this, the paparazzi, the misogyny, everything else got to her. And it broke her. And we lost. We lost a great one. 
and hopefully with all the things that have come out about her conservatorship, right? We may, uh, there, I th- there's a lot of I have a lot of hope that we might get one last great Britney Spears, mm-hmm. one real Britney Spears album. There's a great tradition of you know female uh, pop artists that kind of break away from the chains of what's holding them. Um, Dolly Parton, Tina Turner, Beyonce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am very very hopeful that she gets we get one or two or three or however many she's got left in her. But I hope we get one more very real Britney Spears album. Um, and this was this was the peak of that absolute like pop. This was the sugariest, the most confectioners sugar you could get with this type of music. And there was still so much personality in it. That wink at the end of it was like the ending of like the TRL uh, montage for forever. Um, it built MTV into kind of what it what it could be, kind of at the last point where it was still involved in music. Um, and it's a fucking great song. Like, don't let nobody else tell you anything different. This is a phenomenal song that's blending like James Bond riffs into it. This yep. this this shouldn't this song shouldn't work, and it is the sheer force of will and the sheer force of charisma of an absolute pop superstar that powers us along. I hate you right now, Michael. The great, great, great words. I can't believe you got this damn song. Ugh. Kyle, I I want you to take it because someone, I'm not going to name names, but Kyle, randomly hit me up last what night at fuck? like. Oh. <laughs> But uh, just like, hey, I have a great draft idea. And, but he's like, Britney Spears music video draft. And my, my mind instantly went to toxic. Um, because I was like, oh, yeah, I was planning on drafting this tomorrow. But I can't say that anymore because I didn't get to draft it. Uh, Kyle, are you, are you a fan of this one? Of course I am. Um, I just completely forgot that was a thing that happened last night until just now. <laughs> uh yeah, I think that's one of the first times in this podcast when I mean, we have three guests and Michael said the name of the song and all of us collectively groaned and said, fuck you, Michael. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, you'd be hard pressed to find someone who does not like this song, even if they're lying and they're, you know, me in middle school when I was like, I don't listen to Britney Spears, go away. And then I'd go listen to Britney Spears. Um, yeah, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's such a like, I don't know if like powerful is even the right word, but it just has this like very like just p- gripping power to it that it's just like it was one of the first times that I, I I really started paying attention to like not just like how much I like a song and like the vibe of it, but like oh man, there's just so much that went into making this such a polished thing, and it's I mean the music video is iconic, and every single choice they make in the music video is is deliberate, and and the song itself it just it, it feels like a pitch perfect like collaboration of that of i mean it's one of those things where i mean songs should stand on their own but this is like almost inseparable from the music video you know you just you can't have one without the other so and then you you think about like recontextualizing it like i mean britney spears calling out toxic behavior when that was what (laughs) i mean like yeah let's let's bring it on I, you know, like, again, like, I dare anybody to draft, like, Cry Me River now. Like, that's, you know, that's, that's you know, if you want to end up on that side of history, I, you can. You know, I don't know if you want yeah, to. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a choice. I mean. <laughs> it's a technique. I don't know if it's a technique. I would, I would, I would go. Yeah, I don't know if it's a good one. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. 
uh, Anna, how do you feel about Toxic? I mean, for all of my music snobbery, I, lo I love this song. Like, I loved Britney. I was really mad that she didn't show up on your last decade draft because obviously that was like my peak. It was my personal peak Britney moment. But um, yeah, I this is a great pick. And it it's, Britney was just such a huge part of this decade that it had she, to be she on. She wiped out music oh. snobbery. like Because I, I, yeah. I had the same thing. It was like, ah, oh, I'm not going to be into the, oh, okay, I'm going to just keep <laughs> my head to it. It, 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 it kind of defeated all of like the latent, like, you know, real hip hop music snobbery that I had at the time, too. So. It's true. Amber, are you a fan? Yeah, I am. And I'm with I'm with Anna on this one. So my my purest love for Britney comes a little bit earlier in the previous decade. Mm -hmm. She actually came and sang at my local mall when I was maybe, I don't know, 14 or 15. So I have a very clear memory of like filing in the car, like begging my mom to drive me and three of my friends to the mall to go see Britney Spears it was like <laughs> very important <laughs> moment in my life. Um, but the thing that I love about this song in particular, and that I remember like when it was when it first came out in in this decade was that it was everywhere. It was on the radio all the time. So you were singing along with it in stores, in the car, wherever you were. But you always felt a little bit like, like you felt like you were doing something a little bit dangerous, a little bit like, ooh, like, can I really be saying these words out loud? Like, <laughs> while I'm walking around in the mall, you know, because the lyrics just had, it still sounds like pure pop and pure ear candy. But if you think about what she's saying, you're like, ooh, like I'm saying like, you know, I need a hit, baby, give me it. <laughs> while you're shopping for a new pair of jeans, you know, it was like that nice sort of... <laughs> juxtaposition between like thinking it sounds all all catchy and super infectious and then you're like ooh, this is kind of like I'm being kind of bad singing along to this song so that was very appealing to me at the time yeah watch the video too those those are not those are not stage kisses oh okay? yeah theater kids those are <laughs> that is there's there's a little passion there's a little thing behind some of those kisses in that video too so Brittany went all out on her music videos and Maybe maybe we'll do a draft of the music videos like Kyle suggested that he didn't remember. Um, <laughs> but this one, I wanted this song because it's she has so many hits. She really does. But this one sticks out. I feel like it's just the the music itself is so different. It's it's very unique and like Amber said, it, it's kind of it feels dangerous. But also, I mean, it gives you that kind of spy vibe. It has like this this very almost frenetic pace to it. This where... is the Black Widow movie we should have gotten. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> this, this is legit. This is the best Black Widow movie. Correct. If we could have gotten a toxic needle drop in Black Widow. Oh like, my God. Like I think it would fit perfectly because it just, it's that kind of vibe. It, it, it's, it's espionage. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how you can say, but it, it just fits. It really does. It's culturally relevant to this day. I, I think that's one of the more still recognize Britney songs to, you know, people uh, that are younger than all of us. Yeah, like Jordan um, Peele is going to slow this down and flip it in, like, his well, next I was, movie. I was going to say, it's going to be, like, it's happened. I've heard it done. If, if you want actually. an ama amazing needle drop, go watch Promising Young Woman, because it's the best needle drop of this song. Oh, yeah. And it's yes. so good. It's, it's, it's oh, the best man. moment in the movie. It's amazing. Amazing movie. Yeah. 
Incredible soundtrack altogether. My son, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> oh, you're right. That's 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 exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah. But before we move Beat on, the shit out uh, of guy's car. Yeah, it's great. it's great. I have to mention that this is also considered like a true Earth classic. If we have anything to go off of by Doctor Who, when they show that this is a when they play this in the the the, the, the second episode of Doctor Who, the the series with Eccleston and. uh Christina, you know the the paper lady whose face is just skin, and they they play a toxic at the when the universe is about to end. Yes, they so do. the song is mm-hmm. apparently going to make it to the end of the universe. So it had right. as it should. <laughs> and tonic and the number forty two. That's all we got. That's that's all we got, man. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad this got picked, but I'm so sad it wasn't me. Um, but that means we're moving along to Kyle's next pick. It's been a while since we had a pick from you, bud. It's good to see you. But before we do, let's take a quick break. Hey, and we're back, and we all just have an empire state of mind here. We're back with Kyle for his second pick. What do you got, man? All right. If you're sitting at home, you know, listening to this podcast, playing the official planet fantasy drinking game that's definitely a thing now is the time to take a shot because kyle is mentioning once uh i am of course drafting <laughs> falling slowly from yes. once. <laughs> by, by glenn hansard and marquette marquette's at your globa from 07 uh june of 2007 um yeah i i once again the theme of this episode not my favorite song uh, song from this movie not my favorite glenn hansard song but i mean if you're going to pick one from a movie it's not a bad choice to pick the one that won the Oscar for best original song. Um, and it is, it's like this signature song that every, even if people have not seen this movie, they know the song falling slowly. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I, I am a huge, huge Glenn Hansard fan um, and Marquetta's fan as well. And I, I think that the, the secret and the reason why his music resonates so much with me is that he, he has a, like he has a great voice, but it is clearly never about like having a polished voice for him. I mean, th- in this song and like "Say It to Me Now" and stuff like that, there's a lot of there's a lot of parts of the songs where he's not really going for like hitting the the correct note, <laughs> and it's more about passion. I mean, it's it really is like he's one. He's a great songwriter, and a lot of his a lot of his stuff is pretty simplistic uh, writing, falling slowly in- included. I mean, it's a very simple song, but. Um, it's all about the passion and it's all about like the sincerity in it. And, and, you know, it, it, even if you take this out of the context of the movie that it's in just this very simple message of like meeting this person and, and not knowing them and then having that, that sensation of like wanting to just know everything about them. And, and, you know, the duet between him and Marquetta is just beautiful. And um, yeah, I think that again, it, it really, it, it's strength is in its simplicity and, I don't know. I, I feel like as a songwriter, if once you hit those core fundamental things, like you don't have to. I mean, I, I, I love complex stuff and I love songs that really like try new creative things. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I think when you hit that stride of like very simplistic writing and um, you kind of find that niche, like go with it, you know, like that is Glenn Hansard's corner. I mean, he, he, he really makes a name off of that. And so. Yeah, you just need you just need the passion that he has and the sincerity that he has, and you can make a whole career out of it. So, um, 
yeah, once again, this is this is my, my weekly reminder for everyone to go watch once. But if if not, just go listen to Falling Slowly. <laughs> Michael, are you a fan of Falling Slowly? I've never heard this song. Fuck you. I've never seen this movie. What? <laughs> cool, man. I'm not cool. I'm not ashamed to admit that I can learn something from somebody else. And so I'm gonna have to go and listen to this. Atta boy. And, and and figure this out. Like I have enough like genuine love for Kyle and like his taste and like how he describes things that if I'm like, I've never heard of this, I'm like, all right, cool, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I'm go look it up. It's like it this is like when somebody who always talks about like heat and reservoir dogs and Miami Vice and the Dark Knight is like, Hey, have you seen this action movie? It's pretty fucking good. You should go see it. <laughs> like, all right. I'll take I'll take that. Those are good words. Kyle gives great recommendations. Mm -hmm. And Michael is making me look really bad because I still haven't watched this damn movie yet. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. It's going to happen someday. Uh, it's going to happen. It is on my list. It, is, it stares at me whenever I go to my Amazon Prime and it's on my uh, my, my list, my watch list. It's there. It's waiting. Oh, hold on, David, I'm sorry. David, I just, just scheduled a time it. to watch it with Kyle, your podcast host. So you just you stay there. It's okay. It's okay. Oh. I'm gonna trick Damon. One of our, our weeks is gonna be like, yeah, we're doing this episode. He's gonna get on the call, and I'm just gonna have the movie ready, and we're just gonna watch it for the episode. Yeah. <laughs> I just know it's gonna be a very emotional and and heartfelt watch, and I just have to have the right day for it. That's, That's all. Totally fair. Um, yeah, but. I know it's great because you rave about it all the time. And I know the other ones you said that were good. I've, I've been a big fan of, you know, if, if Bill Street could talk, that was a really good movie. Whiplash was one of the best movies I've watched in a long time. So I have no doubt that this, that movie and this song is going to be a, be worth it in the end. So Anna seemed like you're, you're a fan of this. Are you? Um, obviously. Yeah. This song has been on heavy rotation since, I saw this movie probably the year after it came out. I was home visiting from Ethiopia and one of my besties from high school was like, come and watch this movie. And I, I was, my life was changed. I was blown away. I've never been the same. <laughs> like I didn't know that it just, I've had, I had had a few experiences where music had like hit me like that before, but it was just like the whole movie is just full of these songs that just, like knew what I was feeling and I was like how did you know <laughs> so I love this song yeah. Amber do you feel the same way oh do I I think it's funny because we've been talking a lot in this pod so far about how like how this decade was a very emotional decade for a lot of us but I think this song is the most romantic one that, that we've drafted so far, for sure, which is, oh, I just love it. And just if I can just tell a really quick personal anecdote. So in the, in uh, BT, in the before Thad times, uh, the, <laughs> so I'm in, I'm in Toronto, and there's, <laughs> Michael's like falling off his chair. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there were, you know, I've, I've lived some life, okay? Yeah? <laughs> there were some before times, but so I'm in Toronto and we have a lot of, um, we're very fortunate, we have a lot of theaters here. And so um, when Once was playing uh, in the, doing its theatrical run, 
um, the theater that it was at actually did like a promotion where if you were single, you would go online and fill out this form with a few things about yourself and a few things about what you were looking for in a potential partner. And then they would sit you beside a blind date, essentially. Oh, to see wow. <laughs> I have, I had these This sounds like B&B and so hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> right? And it's like, you know, I mean, worst case, so obviously my uh, blind date, who I, I sex said, obviously he didn't uh, last very long, but it's like, worst case, you're sitting with someone who also loves really romantic, emotional, heartfelt musicals. Yeah. So it's like, you know, how bad could it be? <laughs> So, I I love this song. This is a yeah, wholeheartedly endorse this pick for sure. <laughs> that was a great story. Um, <laughs> I, I gotta listen to this after the pod. So that's Kyle's second pick, and that means we're back to Kyle again for his third for the turn. What you got? All right, now's where I draft the rest of the soundtrack for once. No, um, <laughs> uh, let's see, man. Um, okay, I'm gonna go with one. I'm going to I'm going to give you a, a look behind the curtain for a second. Um, this is actually a strategy that I was given by our good friend and first time guest, Anna. Um, I typically save like the obscure ones that I think no one's going to even like mention towards my last pick. But I feel like throwing it in the middle uh, is going to work so that I may have time to pivot if like something else gets stolen. Um, and then I can still have this song in there. Um, so I'm going to go with one that it's not obscure. I mean, it's a well-known song, but I don't, I just don't think it has any crossover potential. I don't think any of you are going to draft it. Um, I need my, my Broadway fix for this, uh, decade. This is a song that has been, you know, uh, in existence since 1970. Um, the, the musical company, uh, debuted in 1970, but this is specifically from the 2006 revival, um, of company. Uh, and that's Raul Esparza's uh, arrangement of being alive. Um, I, you know, again, Broadway is a thing that I, I didn't, I, I, not like Amber, I did not have my theater kid <laughs> phase in high school. Um, I was homeschooled, so I didn't really have that opportunity. Uh, and I feel like I've, I've had my theater kid phase since like the age of 20, and I'm still in it. Um, yeah, I, 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 and Company was one of the first uh, musicals that I really like. I was just wowed by, um, I don't know, like the, the craft behind it. I mean, I'm a huge Sondheim fan in general. And I think that being alive, you know, when you're talking about songs that you personally resonate with, I think that Falling Slowly is one on like the romantic side and being alive is not, you, I don't know if you would call it a romantic song, but it is one that like, for me, just perfectly fuses together the cynical and the hopeful about, about love, you know, like it, 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 it if you don't know the story of a company, it's basically about this guy who is like this, you know, he, he is definitely not, he, he's afraid of commitment is, you know, the, the simple uh, part of it is he, he, he seems pretty terrified of, of a real connection and a real relationship. And the very, very end of the, the musical is this song where he's basically talking for the first half about all of the cliches of love, you know, someone to, sit in your chair and, and someone to steal your sleep or whatever the line is. And he's very cynical and mocking about it. And then he, he says the line, someone to make you feel alive. And you can see just in his eyes, it change. And then the rest of the song is 
instead of someone to it's somebody make me like it's he's he's it turns into this this plea like please somebody make me feel this way um and it, it is it's it's really powerful it's just this incredible uh just depiction of like what that what that light switch moment is like when you realize that that may, may be something that you want and I feel like like I said it's it's a song that's been around since 1970 and I love different versions of it but I think Raul you know if, if, if you if you know the name Raul Esparza you know that he has a very trademark style um and it, it's very unique uh and his version of this song is very cutting and very bitter at times and I, I really love just how he how dark he goes with it. Um, but yeah, it's just a beautiful uh, song that just kind of depicts that complex kind of sensation. So had to pick it. All right. Michael, are you a fan? I've never heard of this song and I've never wanted to stop this podcast and listen to anything more. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to get too personal into like my, my own like fuckboy journey of like, not being available and not being no but like this is this is remarkable like this is a really cool description of something that i've and this is why these are fun never heard of this song it's not something that ever hit me i i i know who sondheim is but like i've never heard of this and i you're making the case this is like the thing that like i do with hip-hop is i'm like no 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 like these like the people who are in here telling these stories are important. And I love hearing my son do this at age 20 because he turned 20 <laughs> last week. It's so, um, it's so, no, it's so, for real, it's so dope. And it's so amazing to hear someone speak with such conviction about something when they literally were a zygote like a month ago. So <laughs> I love you so much, Kyle. And this is exactly the type of thing that like, I'm going to want to go and find out more about. I'm serious. This is the kind of like proselytizing that I do about hip hop, about Kendrick Lamar, about J Cole, about the roots, right? This is what I do. So I love hearing you do it about something like this. I love that. Um, this is why I like, having friends and making friends with just anyone and everyone and just a, a wide variety of people because we all have our own different tastes and our own journeys especially like musical journeys like i am very much not a theater kid um i definitely grew up more much more on like the sports side of, of the thing sports and you know entertainment but like i never was opposed to it all i just never really had access to it um and now even then it's just like uh, play plays are not the most accessible thing in the world, but I, I'm getting more and more into the uh, all of it because there's so much good and rich, entertaining stuff in it. You know, um, just recently watched Tick Tick Boom, and that really introduced me to a lot of even more things that yeah. are you know that there are is in this world. Um, company I had never really heard of, but just reading like what the play is about is a, like that sounds so cool and unique something like I would very much enjoy. So I'd sign me up. Uh, if this is a tr like the Kyle pick of the Stewards of Sound, and I love it because Kyle always gives me stuff that I probably never would hear going forward, and I'm, I'm glad because, I, you know, I'm getting introduced to these things that I, I wouldn't otherwise. So I love you, Kyle. <laughs> Y'all are too nice to be. I'm going to start <laughs> crying. <laughs> Amber, are you a fan? Oh, yes. Yes, 
thousand times yes. Um, so I've been going uh, down the rabbit hole while we've all been talking about this one and, and looking at the lyrics and then welling up. So here's, this is my favorite part of this song and why I think Sondheim is a genius. And I'm so pumped that this, this made it um, point to the draft for all my talk about all my theater kid talk. I didn't even think of, of looking into the revivals that had come out this decade. So I'm mad at myself and super proud of you, Kyle. This is awesome. Um, but this is my favorite part of the song um, where we're talking about how he, it's so emotional and but so romantic and yearning, but also like really bitter and, and cutting at the same time. Um, so one of the verses goes, somebody need me too much. Somebody know me too well. Somebody pull me up short and put me through hell and give me support for being alive, make me alive, make me alive. Like, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that's it. That's, what else do you say after a verse like that, you know? Mood. That's what you say. Yeah. Uh, Anna, are you a fan? I've never actually heard this one either. I feel like I was a theater nerd adjacent kid. And so I, I know some of like all of that from being in choir and from drama class or going to the theater a lot with my family. But um, this is just one that I never heard a lot about and that I just totally missed. But I'm with Michael from Kyle's description and Amber's little description. I'm just like, yeah, I'm going there next. Like I want to, I want this song in my life and my rotations. It definitely fits the uh, theme that we're going with today, which is emotion. We have <laughs> um, emotional damage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much, so much going on. It's such a great pick, Kyle. I'm glad you went with that. I'm very excited to, to listen to that and, maybe even try to catch the play is is it ever being done anymore or is it like, yeah there's a there's with? a current run going on right now on broadway it's actually um the first female bobby which is really cool um forget the actress's name but i hear really i hear a lot of like really really strong reviews about it so yeah it's it's cool because it is one like you all, you all have mentioned it's not it's certainly not when you say sondheim i mean the first three that you say it's usually not company it's it's not one of his like well-known uh musicals but i think it's a really really for all of his i mean he does like into the woods and and you know a lot of fantastical stuff it is a very grounded take on just like love and relationships which is always my thing <laughs> all right that is kyle's third and we're moving along back to michael got your third pick you gave us kanye you got britney another powerhouse of the 2000s what you got for us yeah there's gonna be some powerhousing going on with this one um I'm really torn because there's two songs that are really important to me on my board. I don't know which one to take. And I don't know which one of you I can trust. Because legit Damon might take both of these on like his next turn. <laughs> and so I'm going to go a little off the beaten path. Because there's somebody that was so influential to hip hop. That did so much for what different artists could do. For what artists could look like, for what women could look like and sound like and rap like, and then also what they could do once the song came out and they were like, no, 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 this was great, but I'm going to flip it on you. 
And so I'm going to take the One Minute Man remix by Missy Elliott. Michael! (laughs) Because if you are a hip-hop fan of a certain, certain age, the phrase, 50 grand, I get this in one take, means so much to you. This song was amazing. This was Missy, who... Like again, like I think Kanye West is one of the top. I, I already said it. I said it with my full chest out. Kanye West is one of the top five most important musicians, most influential musicians of the 20th century. Full stop. Missy Elliott is one of the top five underrated musicians. She did so much for the region, for um, for like what women could be in hip hop, for what kind of sounds could exist in hip hop, and there are other songs that. We're on the you know the billboard list, the pitchfork list, or, or whatever. But just being able to say with your full chest as a woman, if you're coming in here, you need to come correct. <laughs> and you need to come for more than 60 seconds. That song was so great, and the ludicrous verse is so fun. But the Jay-Z verse was so iconic. And he's t- this is like the first salvo of him trying to get at Beyonce. You know, I'm trying to give you cab fare and directions, get your independent ass out of here. Question, I'm not your man, not Ralph Church man, not Ronnie Roll man, all of that, right? But this is him trying to trying to convince Beyonce like he's a person worth worth dealing with. And all of the things that came after that are like very, very are very important, right? You know, if 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 he doesn't do this on wax and he doesn't pursue this relationship, we don't get lemonade. So, which by the way, next decade, they, the next decade could very well be like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Pick your Kendrick album of choice and lemonade. That's all of it. That's it. That's the that, that's the tweet. Leave it alone. There's nothing else in that whole decade. But Missy coming and claiming this isn't like her being raunchy in a way that like female hip hop artists. Kind of could be. This isn't Crush on You. This isn't like a little Kim thing. This isn't Foxy Brown. This was someone who was not like the traditional standard of beauty saying, I don't give a damn. But you're going you're gonna to make sure that you do what I need. And so much respect to her for that. And then just not only getting ludicrous on the original version, but getting Jay-Z to, to, to bring. There was a point in time where a Jay-Z... Uh, guest verse was like an infinity stone. It was the most powerful thing in the galaxy, and you needed to collect them. I mean, it was this, it was like the, you know, Maya, um, the Best of Me remix, but this this song, I mean, I, I get Missy, I get Jay-Z, I get so much in this decade, and I you get, I mean, you don't get you don't get Nicki Minaj without this. You don't get Cardi B without this. I mean, this is this is the woman who came through and said, you know, I'm all of these things and you need to be all of these things. And I'm going to have the best rapper alive come through and say exactly what needs to be said. That's my pick. I love it. Missy, misdemeanor. Amber, are you a fan? Okay, so for those of you keeping score at home, Michael has now stolen two songs (laughs) off my board. So thank you for that, sir. (laughs) 
I, yeah, I'm super pumped about this pick. I will say I did not know this song. I came late um, to Missy. And <laughs> so it was actually Thad who introduced me to this song. And he was like, you know, if you want to have one Missy song in your draft, this is the one that you should have uh, for all of the reasons that uh, Michael has, has already said. And I, I, totally agree it's just so I mean even now with with how much time has gone by it's still so refreshing and so not as new as it was at the time but still not common for for women to have that brand of that particular brand of confidence in their songs and in their lyrics and in being that upfront about what they want so big big fan of this one so good. Anna? I'm with Amber and I came to Missy Lee. I love her, but I'm not super familiar with this song, but I'm just like so excited to go listen now <laughs> because Missy, yeah, she's just a badass and I just love her energy and I love, I mean, I love 2000s hip hop. So I just pick one and I'm here for it. So yeah. I'm excited to go check out this song. It's so hard to pick between the Missy song. I mean, like you could pick yeah. Lady Marmalade, right? You could like you could do that, and that's a mashup of everybody that's important. You know, work it is this phenomenal kind of like you know, do you you know do the thing forwards, do the thing backwards? But to for me, right, this is the one that really hit all of those things, and you don't get so many things without this song. So I think this is one of this is one of the most important hip hop songs. You get no lemonade, and you get no WAP without this song. So I'd like you to exist without lemonade, without WAP. I, I love this song. Um, it's it's Jay Z's third, by the way. Um, my guy Ludacris, first one on the board. I love Ludacris. I think severely underrated. His features are so good. This song is so fun. Um, that beat. <laughs> I, I love it. it it's so good missy really can't do much wrong i mean she dropped hit after hit and y'all said it perfectly she she was not afraid to be who she was she showed exactly what you need to be and she just was not afraid she she was sexual she was confident she killed it on the verses she such a good dancer like i love watching her dance in her music videos she's i think in the top tier for music videos also like her music videos are so out there so so different and to each one they just have really really weird vibes and i love that missy's yeah, just I would, I would challenge yeah. that like hey so if we're gonna innovative. do a music yeah. video draft like almost like a ludicrous missy draft that's <laughs> like that would be that'd be so fun that'd be fun um i won't reveal yet if this was on my board or not but i think that we're gonna talk about missy elliott a little bit more later so uh kyle are you a fan uh yeah now it's my turn to be like uh, sounds cool want to listen to it now um <laughs> uh no I, I echo everything i love missy just i've never i don't think i've ever heard this one um but i agree about luda i think he's incredibly underrated and yeah i'm here for it this is this is fun i i, I love getting new song wrecks so this is great all right we're moving right along to amber for her third pick Giving us some female just Yay. icons. Are you bringing Here us another one? No. Yeah, no, exactly. So I 
I'm I'm looking at my list here and I'm trying to think like Missy brings brings so much energy so I'm trying to and it's like like we said that very specific energy so I think I'm gonna play off that a little bit and that sort of if, if you take that sort of confidence and and fierceness but make it smooth so I'm going with uh by your side by Sade <laughs> also known <laughs> to the some of the uh the younger folks who if maybe if you're not as familiar with this song it was having a bit of a moment recently it's been on uh there's some Spotify playlists out there called Roy says sorry to Keely. On Spotify, it comes from that that very very lovely moment in uh, the latest season of, of Ted Lasso that involves a very sweet apology and a bubble bath and some very very what I what we assume to be some very very enjoyable alone time and uh, Sade is the the girl who sets that mood so that's my next pick. Hell yes. Anna, are you a fan? I am. And I'm going to be honest, this like Sade is not like somebody I know a lot of, but I know like one or two, like, yeah, these like iconic songs that I'm just like, this is a mood and I like it. Mm -hmm. So, yes. She is a, a straight mood. Michael, I know you're a fan. Um, my parents' wedding picture looks like lieutenant commander data getting married to lauren hill and so there's a there was a lot of charday that would be played when it was nap time it was nap time kids okay and so like from from all of her albums i was so 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 into charday and like it was it was like 1980s music right and so for her to come back out with an mm -hmm. album in in this decade was it was it was like it was like being reborn. It really was. And this album had more than just this song on it, but this was so so indicative of of what her whole vibe was like and what growing up to Sade was like. And then she never lost it. There was not, I mean, listen, I'm very, I, I really thought I was going to put together a board. Amber, you're, this is, <laughs> this is, this is troubling to my competitive spirit. And I love it. I love that this, this song did so much for me as a young man to hear this comeback out and I couldn't be happier that it ends up on, on here. This was not on my list of songs, but it's, but it was so important. And I'm so happy that you, you got this representation on there. I'm so happy. This is a great song. Um, I had never heard it until I just put in my uh, earphone, but that's a, such a tender song. Sade is just amazing. Like her songs are so beautiful and like whether they're more on like the uh, you know kind of sexy side or they're on the more tender, romantic, heartfelt side, she just hits it so hard both ways. And that song is just so sweet. It's a very sweet song. And yeah, like just lullaby. Like she can put me to sleep anytime. I, I love Sade. Kyle, are you a fan? Oh yeah, uh, sweet is the correct word. Like this is just I don't know. 
it's it's a very tender song um yeah it's not it's not one that i like have it's one it's one that i know the song and like when she mentioned it i was like okay i can hear it in my head but i don't have any any like nostalgia like nostalgia for it or like connection to it outside of just like oh that's a really good song and i just i haven't haven't thought about that song in a long time um but yeah now that i'm thinking about it it is it's a very smooth just very like tender song it's a great pick smooth is perfect sweet definitely describes it and that means we are back around to anna for her third pick gave us some some really great songs so far what's what's that third one okay well this one None of you might know this one, but I, it needs to be on my board and I need to save my last two picks to figure out like what's been left up. So, um, this, okay. So I'm going with strong female vocalists again, keeping on the theme, but Patty Griffin has been just one of my favorite artists literally since I went to college and, and like this, this song came out, this album came out in 2002, but I'm going to pick Rain by Patty Griffin. And she has just been like my soul whisperer for the last 20 years. Like, I don't know what to say. I, I love every single one of her albums. There's just not one bad song. <laughs> um, I don't know if you have artists like that, you guys, that you just, every single album you love it and you've got all of them and you can sing all of them, but that's Patty for me. And so, and rain was my first song that I connected with of hers. And it's been my favorite ever since, even though she has so many, I could do a whole draft just of Patty songs, but rain is my pick. All right. Amber, are you a fan of Patty Griffin? I, this is the first song we've gotten to on this draft that I have not heard of the artist or the song, and I am so excited to look her up. I'm just quickly on um, the, uh, the Wikipedia page for Miss Patty, and, you know, if one way that you can possibly tell um, uh, the impact that an artist has had is, is the number of other artists who've covered their work. Uh, and so it looks like a uh, non-exhaustive non list. Some of the people who have covered Patty Griffin's song include uh, Bette Midler, Linda Ronstadt, Martina McBride, Mary Chicken Carpenter, like all kinds of like <laughs> Kelly Clarkson, Miranda Lambert, like major, major performers in the country music scene. And so, you know, I mean, <laughs> if Patty's good enough for them, then like clearly they're onto something and I need to get on board here. So and to I, be honest, I'm excited. I'm gonna I'm, I'm not even <laughs> I'm not even really into country music but like I don't like she doesn't sound I know she gets she is like probably called country music but to me she's got a little bit of soul sometimes she's just a strong like female singer and I love it so sorry I'm I'm on the same page with Amber I've <laughs> I've never heard of her before her music but she sounds like something I'm I'm down to give a shot uh very excited to listen to um, sounds like she's definitely more on that just true songwriter kind of vibe. It's mm -hmm. it's just that genre defying. It's going to be a little bluesy, maybe a little soul, a little country, little mm -hmm. little rock. It's just it is what it yeah. is, and 
that's some of my favorite kind of music sometimes really like it's just like they're not picking like this is who i am it's like i'm gonna make some music whatever speaks and that's what i'm gonna do it Um, it sounds like it's like we were saying before how songs can evoke moods and it sounds like her music really does that too because it looks like i'm looking here it looks like it's been used in a ton of tv and movies too like um gray's anatomy you know occasionally that may, that show makes people cry once in a while <laughs> and they use they've used her songs in episodes and supernatural has used her songs in episodes and the haunting of hill house on netflix again like <laughs> so then i then i know I've, i'm sure i've heard so much of her music yeah. without even knowing it same, um, same so yeah no this is fantastic thank you anna for educating us about this one i'm pumped <laughs> Yes, Michael, are you are you a fan? I I put the I put the podcast on on mute and listen to the first minute and fifteen seconds of this, and it's Leon Bridges. This is Gary Clark Jr. This is like, don't call me a genre. It's a little blues. It's a little country. It's a little rock. It's a little soul. This is the kind of thing that would re- like. You don't need to give me an excuse to smoke something and drink a little <laughs> bourbon. But this is like this is the like, like like you know, I might have to DM Anna later and like figure out like hey, listen, I ha- I listen to this song and I have some feelings that I need to talk about. So, <laughs> this is this is beautiful. I mean, I I didn't listen to the entire song and this is like no, 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 no. no. I get the entire like oeuvre of who this person is going at and I want to just know more and this is what's so fun about these um these 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 music podcasts that you guys have been doing is there's there's songs that everybody knows but then let's find something that's individual that everybody has I'm kind of saving mine for last Anna we get six songs not five so there's I know even... but I I have so I have like 150 songs over here yes. on my. Oh, I, oh, I I've seen your OCD spreadsheets. I know, but, but but I'm so excited for the rest of what is going to come out of these boards because I know I'm saving my weird pick for last, and this is so cool and so evocative and so Anna and I'm so excited to listen to the rest of it. Yes, I love it, Kyle. Are you are you a fan of this one? I adore Patty Griffin. Um, She's a very new artist for me. Um, I only started listening to her since like probably February, March 2020. Um, Because, you know, my life was not in absolute turmoil at that point. Uh, Our world was completely fine. Um, uh, But yeah, I was looking for I was in a point where I was either I was not in a great place where I could listen to music. Like it just music has lot had lost its like healing effect for me. Which is if anyone knows me, that's a big thing. Like music is the way that I just cope and, and process. And I couldn't even listen to like stuff that was like comfort listening for me. It just wasn't I just couldn't do it. And one of the first new artists that I discovered um was Patty Griffin. And it was like this huge revelatory thing. It was it was it wasn't like it was like making things better or it was like patching things up, but it was one of those things where I could just kind of sit in the feeling and like let it, let the music just be like this soothing kind of balm, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I already love Anna so much, but I love you so much more for this pick. I mean, this is a beautiful, beautiful song. I love it. 
It is all right. So that means we're going to move along to the the last pick of the third round. And before we do, let's take another quick break. Welcome back from break. We are all just sitting here in our feelings, as is the theme of this episode. And we are back to Damon. What are your feelings, my friend? What is your next pick? My feelings are just, I'm like, I'm just teleported back to like awkward teenager Damon. Just don't know anything. It's it's funny because that's when I thought I knew everything. Because, you know, we were just ignorant, stupid kids. We like, we just thought we knew, knew it. And we just, we didn't know anything. (laughs) <laughs> poor poor us and but we had so much to look forward to and um this song was i i think it came out uh again also i i think this was when i was in eighth grade and i remember seeing a random music video this is just really random but i was on a field trip for science olympiad which was this super nerdy ass shit uh <laughs> Like you went to do like these weird science experiments and like challenges. I put all the work off on my uh, partner. I didn't do a damn thing <laughs> because I I don't even know why I was in this, y'all. Science was never my super strong suit. Like it just wasn't. And so I just I don't like I didn't get it. Like we had to like build some sort of contraption, like some sort of multiple piece mechanical thing that worked. I didn't do any of it because I had no clue. My my friend who did did it all. And all I remember about the trip was we were in the cafeteria eating lunch when the video for Mr. Brightside came on and life was never the same. <laughs> um, the killers were introduced to me and I found one of my musical soulmates. Like it's a band that just just speaks to me. OK, just it's it's rock, but it's it's desolate. It's hopeful. It's it's very melodic. It's. It's stadium while also being very personal. And I mean, just Mr. Brightside, the song itself is, I mean, it's Mr. Brightside. It has memes. It's, it's, it's in the culture still today. And I just love it. It's super fun lyrics. So, so catchy. It is definitely one of those songs that white people will inevitably always go crazy for when it hits. It's, it's built in my DNA. I had to draft it. So I had to, um, Kyle, are you a fan? I am. I um, this is one of those things where I really love Mr. Brightside, but it, it, it every time people like talk about this song, it, you're right. It has like its own life now with its all the memes and it's like its cultural zeitgeist position. Um, I think it's the one that should have been drafted. I have a favorite killer song that might be be brought up in like honorable mentions, but it. It's one that like I I like Mr. Brightside a lot. I just hear it so often when I want to hear other killers songs. Um, but yeah, I love I love the, the story. That's that's my new favorite like fact about you is you just pawning work off on someone else while you listen to the <laughs> killers. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. Um, yeah, and this is another one that has a fucking incredible music video. So yeah, it's it's a it's a good pick. Thank you, thank you. Um, also, by the way, this also isn't my favorite Killer song. Okay. Not even in the 2000s, but it's just it was the gateway and the the definitely the most iconic. I I would probably say. Yes. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Amber, 
Are you a fan? Do you like Mr. I, Brightside? I am a fan of this song. And I, I laughed when you were like, it's like, you know, white people are like genetically programmed to like party <laughs> down to this song. So when one of my, when one of my best friends got married uh, a few years ago, instead of having a DJ, um, what they did when you RSVP'd to their wedding online, you also sent in a song um, that you wanted to hear over the course of the evening. And so they just took everybody's song submissions and put together a massive, that was just the, the massive playlist that just ran all night long. And there was not a rush onto the, the dance floor all night like there was when, when that song came on. And I remember <laughs> kind of like looking around while it was happening and being like, yeah, yeah, that, that tracks. <laughs> That's about right, I think. <laughs> it's just, it's almost like, it's almost like you want to get mad at this song for being so catchy because it, it gets so stuck in your head. And I think it did, we did get to a point where it was a little bit too much everywhere and it felt a little bit overexposed and you wanted to be mad about it, but you couldn't because even though it, when it would come on and it would be the 12,000th time you've heard that song in the last two days, you would still be like, bopping along and singing along so <laughs> yeah good good pick thank you thank you anna are you a fan a huge fan i'm so happy you drafted the killers because i'm like someone needs to drop the killers and i don't have room like someone needs to draft killers um agree with kyle that this is not my and you that's not my favorite killer song and not the one i have on my spreadsheet but um but just uh, yeah it's iconic I say iconic all the time but um it's it's great I love it I love the killers it's that was just the soundtrack to so many of my years and it's it's fantastic same same Michael do you like Mr. Brightside uh, again I would like to challenge Anna's assertion that she went to the widest and most conservative college <laughs> I attended one of the military <laughs> service academies so um, <laughs> But it's under like this. This song was the type of thing that, though, in the way that some hip hop hit, it was just like it didn't matter what you were trying to listen to, you heard Mr. Brightside, mm -hmm. whether you were at a club, whether you were out at like a party in a weird field and you were going cow tipping. Like it did not matter. You heard this song. This song was and it, and you know what? When you go back to it, musically, it's still dope. So like a lot of things of the 2000s, we were transitioning from like the era where you were like band, like bands and groups and individual artists were making albums to like, we don't know what to do with streaming, right? It didn't matter. This song broke through. It did not matter how you heard it. You heard the killers. And you know what? You're pretty happy when that song came on. Yep. You really were. You were like begrudgingly happy, like what Amber was saying. It was like, oh, this song again. And then the chorus says, so you're like, okay, God damn and then it, you're why am I thing And you're why like, I'm Mr. Bright. <laughs> yep. I love them. And honestly, like, I had to make myself not pick like three killer songs because <laughs> I I really love the killers. They're they're number one on my bucket list right now for people I want to see that I have not. Hmm. So it, I, I love that song. All right. That means that's my third pick. And look, oh, look, I have another one. 
What's up, y'all? It is Kyle, one of your co-hosts with The Most Most, and I am here to inform you that this is sadly the end of part one of The Stewards of Sound, the 2000s. Turns out when you get a bunch of nerds together to talk about music, uh, they have a lot to say. We had a blast with this episode, but uh, we had to split this one into two parts. So this is the end of part one, but fear not, part two is being uploaded at the exact same time as this one. So just head on over to part two to hear the rest of our draft.